Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about why I will not be chasing the new Adept Weapons in Grandmaster Nightfalls. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or you're watching on the other YouTube channel, you can always join us on the other channel at SNTRlive.com. I do these live on YouTube Monday through Friday, uh, so you can be sure to bookmark that or subscribe so you don't miss the live discussions and the live polls. So there are people that think this is premature. They're like, it's not even out yet, Lona, and you're already saying you're not going to chase them. Based on everything we know, because Bungie has not outlined any changes to Grandmasters or any changes to Adept Weapons, I think this system is extremely, ironically enough, I think it's premature to even put these in Grandmasters. Mainly because two things. I don't think Adept Weapons are where they should be, and I don't think Grandmasters are where they should be either. I think you just look at the Glassway Strike and you can see Bungie has not done a very good job enhancing, expanding, or improving the quality of that system in a similar vein to what they did with bounties. Rather than improve their quality, they're just kind of like shuffling things around. This just feels like they're dumping loot into content that is still very uh, mismanaged and not designed well. So Beyond Light brought Adept Weapons to Trials of Osiris before any other sections of the game received them. And previous commentary on this channel, as well as other avenues, took issue with the fact that Adept Weapons did not go nearly far enough in quality or uniqueness. Bungie previously announced that Adept Weapons would be coming to Grandmaster Nightfalls, and we finally have the details on how to chase them. Unfortunately, it's not looking very promising for even the most committed players. So my first section here is what did Bungie say? You know, we obviously want to have clarity on what exactly they said. So this is directly from the TWAB. The following are direct quotes from their weekly TWAB about how Adept Weapons are going to be coming to Nightfalls in Destiny 2 Season of the Chosen. Nightfall, the ordeal weapons have a chance to drop at the end of the activity depending on your metal, platinum, gold, ETC, uh, and difficulty. Master difficulty will give you the highest chance at a drop of the based versions of these weapons. So if you're not interested in the, the adepts, then you can go for the base levels in master. I think this is where everybody is going to end up. They're all going to end up in the base level versions and chasing the base level versions, especially people who are maybe going for the palindrome for Crucible because they're probably more interested in running Icarus as a mod as opposed to the Adept mods. Again, we don't know if Bungie is expounding or expanding upon Adept weapons. If they're the same as they are now, most folks are going to land there. Adept difficult weapons, so here's how you get the adepts. They have a chance to drop at the end of a Grandmaster Nightfall when they go live later in the season. Drop chance is also dependent upon your metal. Slay enough champions to hit platinum, and you will have a high chance at an adept weapon. This paragraph, these two sentences, are laughable. I, I don't know what their thought process is here, but this sounds like a joke to me. Now, I hope enough feedback before Grandmasters land, Bungie can at least make one change here to that they should be guaranteed. I don't even think it should be dependent upon your score. I think if you're taking the time to go into Grandmasters, it should be a guaranteed drop. 
secondly, we don't even know, are they going to rotate the weapons? Is one week palindrome week and then the next week shadow price week? What are you going to do when the weapon you want keeps landing on a grandmaster that you hate? It lands on corrupted and then it lands on the glassway strike like, or it lands on saber. Saber might be a nightmare on grandmaster difficulty. It was rough in Destiny 1 on a nightfall with the right modifiers. Saber was a really, really difficult opener because you're so exposed defending the war sat. So I, 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 this system, again, it feels like they're just placing something over top of an existing system that needs to be improved. I've been hammering away at this. Bounties and trials and grandmasters, they need some love. They don't just need things stapled to them, and that's kind of what this feels like. I would, and again, I know it's a season. I know a season isn't going to bring tectonic quality of life changes to the entire base game, but like, this feels premature. These weapons could have been added in a much different way to make them enjoyable and exciting. At the very least, people can chase them in the non-grandmasters and get a, the base version of some classic Destiny 1 weapons. So, what's the problem? All right, The real problem is with Grandmaster Nightfalls. It's not just these weapons. It's not just bunch Bungie's loot philosophy about it's a chance and you got to get a good score. My main issue with this is Grandmaster Nightfalls from their inception have not been designed well. Even when they were first instituted by Bungie, they indicated this was not content that was meant to be played over and over. It was about getting a completion. And now you've created a loot grind in content that I believe isn't just designed poorly, but now you're breaking from the initial philosophy that was designed around these. In a similar fashion to how Bungie did absolutely nothing to make bounties better, they simply added a new system, challenges. This feels like the same smoke and mirrors approach. Rather than create Grandmaster Nightfalls from the ground up or improve their quality, they are dumping mediocre loot hierarchy into them. Now keep in mind, I'm not saying these guns are mediocre. I'm saying it's a mediocre loot hierarchy. Adept weapons are mediocre. There, there's nothing on them that makes them truly significant or stand out. Now the unique shader, okay, sure, but the plus three on the stats and the adept mods are are not nearly enough to warrant the level of grind required here. If you actually want to get a god roll adept versions of one of these weapons, it's going to be a significant grind. And the difference between the god roll you get in masters and the god roll you get in the grandmaster is marginal at best. Not to mention the idea that they aren't even giving adept weapons as a guaranteed drop. Like that's that's to me that's almost like a side issue, but it is a part of the problem here. So the purpose of Grandmaster Nightfalls have apparently evolved into a loot grind, and it's a grind with a chance. Dungeons and raids are not nearly as hard, and they have guaranteed drops. Deepstone Crypt actually has great loot intentionality. So easier endgame PvE content treats the player better than Grandmaster Nightfalls. This is a loot philosophy dissonance in the game. Why would I go into content that is harder and get treated with less respect i can go into a raid a dungeon going flawless might be less of a headache for some people not all people but if you're just comparing pve content this respects the player's time less than other avenues for good loot now not all loot and not all content is created equal but the more pain the more difficulty and the higher the challenge you should be respecting that player's investment significantly more than the system that they outlined in the twab i think it's backwards. 
let's talk about death without depth this game is gonna die without depth right now i'm not saying sky is falling game is gonna die but the only way this game really starts to get back on the horse and run smoothly for the most committed players is to have depth. I've said many times recently, we need quantity and depth. If you add a bunch of guns or a bunch of cool perks, it won't matter much if there isn't good depth in the game to take our best weapons and our max stat armor into. It's just more circles without spiral staircases. It's great to run in these circles all season long and get these amazing guns and get high stat armor and get new exotics where's the depth where am i going to take this stuff where am i going to go with all these amazing guns there isn't any depth the only difficulty spectrum we get is almost more of a cliff than a spectrum with respect to how nightfalls land and dungeons and raids don't have any difficulty they've got no depth and that is a huge vacancy in the game right now at the very least when you ran raids in destiny 1 you knew you were gearing up and getting guns and perks and armor that would help you when hard mode come out came out so you could go and get the new loot that launched with hard mode we don't have that right now and that's why these types of grinds feel extremely out of place grandmasters continue to offer the worst version of destiny endgame content it isn't thoughtful it's not developed in a creative way it's just modifiers and contest mode difficulty cliffs in games are not interesting exciting or inviting not that tough content should be accessible and wide open that's not what i'm saying but the change is just too polarized currently it's like here's all of the pve here's raids and dungeons and then grandmasters are like way up here and all grandmasters are not even created equal there are some that are tolerable like lake of shadows and then there's corrupted and glassway and others that people tend to avoid even the most committed players will admit to you they play some grandmasters significantly more than others and some they might even avoid after they get their first completion we lack the ability to parry block and dodge which breaks down any gameplay with extremely high damage output from enemies that often result in insta deaths games that offer combat enemies and bosses with brutal combat always give the player the ability to mitigate all of the incoming damage if you play a souls game you know exactly what i'm talking about they can punch your teeth out and kick you right in the stomach because the game is set up and empowers you to mitigate the damage with rolling out of the way blocking or a well-timed parry there is nothing like that in destiny because at its heart and at its soul it's just a really basic shooter that feels amazing with space magic on top there was a great point made this morning that this type of content grates against the identity of being a shooter because shooting gets taken out of the equation and your guns end up feeling so incredibly weak this is one of the reasons we need positive modifiers in content like this and the glassway strike is a hilarious example of how bad grandmasters are your newest strike that was added with an expansion is one of the worst grandmasters in the game at the current juncture and i don't see an end in sight i don't think strikes are designed from the ground up for grandmasters because they're sloppily laid on top of existing content as opposed to it being something they created and nuanced the way they do dungeons to be solo flawless from the beginning and the way they did the king's fall raid they made hard first and they dialed it down for normal we need that bungee back because the current bungee and this is not the way forward for end game spectrum to feel inviting and satisfying in the way that it used to we are going to transition to Q&A if you're in the live audience don't go anywhere if you're listening to this elsewhere please like share and subscribe 
Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A that followed my talk about why I won't be chasing the new Adept weapons. If you're listening to this in any of the other locations or watching the video on my other YouTube channel, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. Monday through Friday, you can head on over and be part of these discussions, as well as the polls that we do. we got the one right up on the screen now that people have been contributing to all day. First question coming in from King Keys says... How could Bungie make Adept weapons more palatable? Do you think they could put in two different locations with two different tiers of perks? I mean, this is such a fine line. It really is. Like we, I want to be fair because we talk about how Bungie played it safe. They played it safe with the, you know, um, with the Adept weapons. You know, they did. They didn't. They didn't do enough. But at the same time, if they go too far, then it does it does pose p- problems, especially in in the Crucible and in Trials of Osiris. However, I, I do think if you're going to introduce a new tier of weapon like this, to me these should almost be like they're not exotics, but what makes an exotic special, right? Is when is when they don't play it safe. What made the guillotine special is that they didn't play it safe. They just kind of let it go crazy, and then obviously you rein it in later. And I think ultimately that is one of the reasons this is the hardest classification of weapon to fiddle around with. Exotic weapons in general, other than like if it's like an Anarchy or a 1K Voices, they're not all that difficult to come by. Most of the time the quests are pretty straightforward they're pretty accessible and lots of people get the weapon so if it gets nerfed later you can't be like oh my gosh I spent like a month trying to get that adept weapons could certainly fall into that category it's like dude I spent a month going flawless I spent a month doing grandmasters and finally got the version I wanted and you're going to nerf it later because you you went too crazy you didn't play it safe and you swung too hard at the weapon It's I think that's one of the intrinsic challenges to these weapons is that they necessitate a way they necessitate a way the the pathway to get them to be grindy and not super fast and because of that they can't swing too hard because then they'll they'll have to nerf them and then if they nerf them you're going to be more upset like when they nerfed you know lunas in the not forgotten or or you know any of the adept weapons you add an extra mod slot and that's that there, that to me is honestly the easiest thing to try first. That still might not be enough, but it certainly would be better for a hardcore crucible player to go for a palindrome, get a god roll palindrome, and be able to put Icarus on it and still get to benefit from the adept slot. Do you see, like. Th- Right now, if you want to benefit from the adept slot, you have to sacrifice and take off a mod that you might really, really like. And the trade pain for many people isn't worth it. What they're losing is greater than what they're gaining. So they're just like, well, I guess I get the the, the plus three on the stats then? Like, what, what am I actually getting here? Now, they may do this, and we still might conclude that's not enough. But that's certainly a better starting point than where we are now. Adept weapons don't truly have anything about them that make them stand out because the the main value transmission is supposed to come from the adept mods and the adept mods are 
essentially a pain point that most people are not willing to swallow. They're like, dude, no, I am not. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take off my favorite mod to get a marginal benefit. And a lot of the adept mods take away other stats. So it's like, I'm, I'm losing twice here. I'm losing twice. So while while I will try to be fair and concede the fact that this is a unique scenario, Bungie goes too hard at this and they create a problem because it takes you so long to grind for it. If they go crazy and then they have to nerf it later, the frustration is is, is higher and more potent because it took you longer to get it. So that's a natural, I think, intrinsic barrier and, and, and difficulty in designing these weapons. But it doesn't mean that they're currently totally fine. They're, I think they're in the other direction. It's like, you can go crazy and go buck wild, right? Or, or you can totally play it safe. And if you totally play it safe, then it, it no one cares. I think that they could at least try to land in the middle ground. It's like, play it safe, no one cares. Go crazy, and you're going to have to nerf it and then annoy everybody. I, there's got to be a middle ground in there, and it could just be... We've added an adept mod slot to these weapons. Yo, it's good, Mike, on the mic. It also could be that they simply don't have time. They just don't have time. They're like, listen, that that's a that's a systematic that, that's a second that's a second weapon. We're you're you're literally asking us to make a second weapon in the database, and maybe they just don't have time to do that. It's not in the cards because it would it would literally be a different version of the weapon. Right now, it says adept. And then you know the 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 mods can be equipped at a, at a database level. They might not be able to do it. You know, I don't know. Uh, temper with the next question. So we know you dislike GMs for obvious pain points, but in a perfect world, how would you mold your ideal Grandmaster Nightfall out of your favorite strike? First and foremost, I would evaluate exactly how many enemies are in a given area. Okay, and what their 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 kiting patterns are. What's their pathfinding look like? How close are they going to get to you as a player, and how much are they going to shoot you? Okay, because that I believe is a part of the equation that needs to influence just how much pain the player can endure. So, as an example, in the glassway strike, when you have to stand on that platform and you have enemies coming from. Uh, it's about 180 degrees in front of you. Maybe it's a little smaller than 180 degrees, 150 degrees in front of you. And they're coming from elevated positions. They end up in lower positions. They end up behind cover. So multiple angles of fire that cannot be perfectly blocked or dodged because you have to stay on the plate. So I would look at that and say, okay, in a Grandmaster environment, can we do something to the enemy saturation, the positioning, um, you know, any number of things to ensure that this doesn't become a disproportionate amount of pain. The example I gave this morning is the saber strike. In Destiny 1, if it was arc burn and specialist, the opening to the saber strike was disproportionately more challenging than the actual boss fight. You would you, you were out in the open. Uh, the, the the vandals got two buffs. They got the arc buff and the specialist buff. They'd hit you with the wire rifle from the catch, and you would die. It was a one shot. All right. 
Well, that's an environment where Bungie should have analyzed and said, these modifiers are going to come in and land in a way that breaks the encounter. It was never intended to to have this level of pain, which is why you can put enemies in the same in, in these positions and have these angles on on the uh, the players because they were never intended to one shot you. There's too many times I think in Destiny that Bungie wants you to face tank and hold a position for this type of design framework. It's like, oh well, yeah, you just got to stand here and and face tank. Well, that's all and well and good until you're on contest modifier with 12 negative modifiers and you're dying almost instantaneously. Another example I can give you is the first week of Rise of Iron, the wretched eye strike was the nightfall and it was arc burn and everybody wasn't high enough level yet and so that nightfall was insane you would get two tapped by the shanks the shanks would come down in the boss room and go flim flim and you'd be dead they shot really really quickly and you didn't have cover so it created a disproportionate amount of pain because that encounter wasn't designed for something like shanks to live that long and put out that kind of, uh, of damage one of the reasons this type of content uh, design philosophy breaks down is because you're breaking the fundamental rules of what trash ads are supposed to do trash ads are supposed to be great in quantity weak in damage you know great in rhythm of fire rate weak in accuracy do you see there's this intrinsic limiting concept well because there's so many of them and think about how they shoot at you it's like bam 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 they kind of spam at you you contrast that to a boomer knight like it's a it's a it's a more rhythmic shot it's 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 easier to get away from it's not hitting you really fast it has travel time why because it does more damage so the enemies themselves have been designed in such a way that this level of damage output and health it breaks the spirit of what that enemy is supposed to do it would like suddenly be imagine going into the archetype weapons that we have now and saying let's give this auto rifle the damage output of of uh, of a sniper let's 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 give this auto rifle the damage output of a sniper well that would be absurd it it would break the fundamental intrinsic design philosophy and the spirit of an auto rifle you're shooting it quickly and you have a big magazine and so the damage is supposed to work in that box And you're cheating, right? If you could go in, that would be a form of cheating. You'd go in and modify the game and say, well, my auto rifle shoots sniper rounds. That would be broken. But it's okay when the enemy does it. It's totally fine that, that shanks and vandals and acolytes are shooting weapons that far exceed what they were ever designed to do. The... how fast the weapons shoot how close the enemies get to you how many of the enemies there are there's usually lots of dregs and lots of shanks why they are trash ads they are meant to be in great supply and they're they're put into a happy little lane so it's satisfying to kill them and they're not really a uh, a high threat okay 
Everyone can sit in a well for the glassway drain part. Yeah, that's great game design. That sounds like reckoning to me. Must bring a well. This encounter is literally designed for the most overpowered super in the game. Don't even get me on that tangent. Um, so, the, 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 at the heart of the issue, at the heart of the issue, is they've not designed this content to fit within the parameters of the game. The game, the game has natural parameters that protects things from being absurd, like an auto rifle shooting sniper rounds. And grandmasters bust outside those parameters, and they're like, "Yeah, uh, everything's insanely strong, and the ne- negative modifiers. You're gonna, you're gonna die faster, burn faster, you know, get shot quicker. Uh, you know, enemies are gonna throw more grenades. You know, it, it just rattle them all off." Um. I actually think most people do bubble in 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 Night Grandmasters, but anyway. Um So a lot of people always sort of break down my argumentation at Grandmasters of with a handful of sort of cliche responses. They're not that hard. You haven't even played them. Just get good. Just play the easy ones. Just play Lake of Shadows. Not a single one of those platitudes even engages with anything I just said, right? Everything I just talked about, from 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 the fundamentals of the game to the to the ads and the the design framework of how they are. So when you're like Lono, how would you you know mold your ideal grandmaster? I'll tell you how I would do it. I would do it the same way they designed the King's Fall raid. I think Bungie should design the grandmaster version of the strike first and you whittle pieces of it off as you go down in difficulty. So they designed the hard version of the King's Fall raid first, right? And then you dialed back for normal. They're doing the exact opposite with strikes. They design a strike to be a strike. It's pretty straightforward. Stand here, shoot. Stand here, shoot. Here's a boss. Here's some ads. You know, go back to orbit. And they're like, okay, thanks for designing that for us. Let's add 12 negative modifiers and contests and see how it goes. And it's like, uh, wait, I'm sorry. What? What did you, what? No, you can't do that. So the saying any of those just tells you to ignore the problems. Yeah. Eat around the fat. Just accept it as it is. Yeah. Um, just how they design dungeons to be soloable. Another fantastic point. They, they have the design philosophy for how to truly make content interesting at the challenging de- levels, right? They do. It's, you design the hardest version first. I don't think they can do that, though. That would take significantly more time than just layering the pain. Oh, he's just asking what I would do. I'm not saying they have the time. I'm saying they have the competence and the tools and the design history to refer to. You know? The fat is the best part. It's an expression, Eugene, for frick's sake. Like, <laughs> um, the... I, I, I probably agree with you. They... They probably don't have the time to do it. Here's why I'm frustrated. They instituted these during, what was it, Season of the Worthy? You haven't had enough time to iterate on them, like, at all? Do you not have anybody looking at how it's being experienced and how some some of these Nightfalls are absurd? You're not looking at any of that? You're just like, nah, it's fine. 
I don't I don't know. That's part of where my frustration comes from. They keep setting up engines that run like in my opinion run like a lemon and then they're just like, yeah, you know, it's just kind of a clunker, but you know, it gets you to and from work. That's what grandmasters and bounties feel like right now. They haven't really taken the time to 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 improve them. They're just like, yeah, well, it's there, you know. If you want to suffer through it, go for it. Glassway was a mess. I did uh, I did it legit. It took me eight plus attempts with different teams. Yeah, come on, the corrupted's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> corrupted and Glassway are totally fine. They're paragons of good end game design. This is one of the reasons I'm pretty hard on people to defend Grandmasters. You're just defending bad content. Like, please stop. It's okay to say, you know, I I like some of them, I do some of them, but please don't defend it from a design standpoint. It's okay to do them and to to enjoy. And I'm actually okay with people that say this. They're like, you know what? It's the only content in the game like this, and it at least feels fresh. And that in that regard, okay, that's fine. But but please don't defend it as if it's good. There's examples of good GMs and bad ones. I I actually don't think there's examples of good ones, Eugene. I think a, I think a stopped clock is is right twice a day. I think there's a couple of them that are fine by sheer luck, not good game design. Th- th- those ones just won the scratch off of like, well, you know, the areas are designed in the right way where the pain's not as bad and, and they're quicker and smaller and, and they're not as painful as, you know, corrupted or whatever. Those are just, the those are just, you know, yeah, those are just ones that are tolerable. Like I said, a stopped clock is right twice a day. You're not gonna be like, well, that clock's working. No, it's not. It just happens to be, you know, stopped at three o'clock. And what's well, not three o'clock right now? You know, it just happens to be twelve twenty p.m. Eastern, and it's it's stopped at twelve twenty. So you're not you're not gonna credit the clock for working or being a good clock. You're gonna be like, no, it it got lucky. It just happened to be aligned with this moment. So, uh, next question is from Darksider. With how Grandmasters work of only being available for only half of a season, this heavily reduces the effective usage time of the guns. Should Bungie provide alternatives to get the Adepts or alter Grandmasters where they're doable at the start of the season or at least doable at the same time of Trials the second week? I think we already have a great answer to this. We had a couple people suggest today on our poll. If you guys haven't taken the poll yet, should Adept Weapons in Grandmaster Nightfalls be a guaranteed drop? 1.3k votes. It's pretty sharp split. Yes versus no. 91 say, 91% say yes. Great suggestions today in the comments. One of the suggestions that was repeated a couple of times was a low drop chance of Adepts in Master and then guaranteed in Grandmaster. So while you're waiting for Grandmasters to roll around, you could at least try to get them in Master. That to me is a spectrum. Rather than like, no, 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 yes, and it's really hard. Like, that's more of a spectrum. That's more of a gradual progression. Uh, in that, I think, would be better. And I, and you're making a good point. There's also the feedback from the community on sunsetting that the sunsetting window, I'm in full support of this, by the way, the sunsetting window should be 15 months instead of 12 months. That way, you basically have the entire season to get all the loot that you want and when that season ends, you know that everything you've acquired as that season ends, everything you've acquired has a solid one-year calendar of endgame viability. I think that that's totally fine. 
I think 15 months is a logical and sensible fan service adjustment for them to make. Hey, you got that gun a little late in the season? No worries. You still have an entire year before it gets sunset. 15 months lines up with the seasonal rhythm and respects the player more. It lines up for the expansion to expansion handoffs so that when you get all your deep zone crypt gear and beyond light gear, you can take that into Witch Queen and you're good to go. And as Witch Queen ends, you put beyond light stuff out to pasture because you spent, you know, the Witch Queen three months looting up and getting new stuff. 15 months, I think, is to me almost a necessity at this point if they want sunsetting to be more tolerated they've got to at least budge a little bit in the direction of the player and 15 months is a fair compromise that I think would go a long way for a lot of people they, they would love to know that all their dope loot that all their dope loot that they got um, is uh, is is good for the next expansion instead of feeling like well I got all that dope loot on Europa I got all that dope loot inside of the uh, inside of the Deepstone Crypt and uh, and now it's no good as soon as Witch Queen gets here um, I, I I think that that's a that's a that's a fair request uh, for them to make to to say hey we 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 overswung a little bit on sunsetting we want to loosen up the reins a little bit right we want to loosen up the reins a little bit and uh allow allow for uh for people to use their guns a little bit longer so did anyone take garden of salvation shadow keep gear in the deep stone crypt um i don't know i didn't so i didn't do that hitman Lono, like you said earlier, we should ask for better and Bungie could do better. So I ask, where then does the disconnect land? Is it lack of care? Is it laziness? Is it being totally oblivious? I just struggle to grasp how Bungie misses so many obvious marks. I actually think this might be simpler than we're making it. It's not lack of care. It's it's a logical lack of priority. Right? It's a logical lack of priority. Bungie knows just how many people are even going to give a hoot about Grandmasters so they didn't put much thought into them I'm not saying this is the correct approach by the way I'm just giving you what seems like a pretty reasonable theory on what's going on Um, you know if you're preparing a party for people and you you know you're going to do gift bags for the kiddos and you know like there's some kids coming over with allergies or whatever and you make like allergy friendly gift bags with super specific candy inside the bag you kind of know there's only so many kiddos coming over that fall into that category so you only make a couple of bags right you don't make 50 you make 25 gift bags and five of them are in that like top eight allergen free blah 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 and you mark them so you make sure those kiddos get them this is something that parents should be more aware of, right? I got a kid with a severe allergy, and it's nice when people, can, you know, they're considerate like that. It's kind of nice, right? So, Bungie knows that when they throw out something like this, they're like, a, a very small percentage of people are going to go in there, so we're not going to allocate a bunch of bandwidth to it. They're going to allocate bandwidth to 
you know, the seasonal content, like the Battlegrounds, they're going to allocate stuff to Europa and the new subclasses because that sells DLC. And that honestly is probably something that is enjoyed more by the mid lane, you know, majority of the player base. You know, that they're they're like, hey, you know, I, 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 I think this is awesome. I think this content's good. So I think they probably allocate a little bit more bandwidth to that kind of stuff. They're like, you know, and now somebody might say, but Lono, raids get such a small percentage of engagement. You know, they have an entire team dedicated to that. You're correct. However, we get one raid a year. So how much bandwidth are they really slicing off to crank out one raid a year? You know, it's likely, you know, sort of kept in check by the annual injection. If you want to farm the Grandmaster Adepts, Lake of Shadows, Strange Terrain, Savathun Song, Exodus Crash, Broodhole, uh, all run pretty quick. And he gives all the places to stand. Um, Strikes to Avoid are Glassway, Scarlet Keep, Disgraced, well, and and Corrupted. Um, I don't know about the new strikes coming next season. Right, like Saber and Devil's Lair could be a nightmare or they could be great. There's no way to know. I think Saber's going to be a terrible Grandmaster unless they've completely overhauled the opening where you're standing on the Warsat. Um, Devil's Lair is probably going to be pretty manageable. There's a lot of distance. Although, although that room where you're waiting for the ghost to unlock the three, the three barriers, that's probably going to be abysmal. There's not a lot of place to go, you know? Not a lot of place to go in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, those are Sunset. Yeah, 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 Strange Train, Sabathoons, or Sunset. You can't even use those, do those ones anymore. Um, so, that I think that's the best answer I can give you, Hitman. It's a logical, you know, lack of priority. Amu Point says, Bungie introduced pinnacle weapons like Not Forgotten, Mountaintop, and Recluse, and everyone complained. You say you want good weapons and you don't care if it breaks PvP. Can you have it both ways? Yes. Here is a, this is a false dichotomy. If they make really strong weapons, it'll break Crucible. So either they either make strong weapons and break the Crucible, or they play it safe and they don't break Crucible. I believe this is a false dichotomy. A false dichotomy is when you act like there's only two options. I, d- I don't think that's true. I think there's a third option. I think they're already experimenting with perks and power that only work in PvE, like Thresh, and then to continue going down that line of thinking. Elemental perks, utility perks, perks that literally only work when you're in PvE. This is not a, a constant... Where it's like, no, anytime you make something strong, man, go bust that crucible up. Can't do it. Got to play it safe. Got to keep things in a lane. Can't, you can't do that. That's what sunsetting is supposed to do. Right. That was the other thing we were promised. Like, don't let them rewrite history, right? Like, they're not content creators who can delete tweets and VODs. Don't let them rewrite history. They said this was going to allow them to create an upper echelon of, 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 best, not best, they said truly standout loot, and then you got a guy from the raid team saying they want to make more recluses okay, well it doesn't need to be the recluse, it doesn't need to be a damage and reload god you know, god weapon but where are are the fireworks now now I have said I have said that you, what you could what you could do to explain what happened in Deepstone Crypt and the current perks and the current weapons is all this stuff was too long into development 
It was too long into development. So they couldn't come in and say, hey, we're sunsetting. You can go a little bit stronger with those weapons. You can go a little bit more crazy. They were like, well, no, we, we can't. These weapons are already been, you know, already been built. So it's, po- it's possible that going forward, we start to see those weapons. We start to see those standout perks. We, we start to see those guns that seem a little risky and a little busted because sunsetting was instituted in the middle of last year. And at that point in time, as a concept, whoever was designing weapons for Beyond Light was probably thinking within the old framework. The old framework of eternal viability. So they didn't make a single gun that's a threat to anything with respect to eternal viability. There's nothing in the Deepstone Crypt raid that like, oh man, whoo, it's a good thing that's going to get sunset in 12 months. No. The announcement was April. Beyond Light didn't arrive until November. Yeah, but Sinos, you have to understand development, you know, development timelines. April... And then they instituted in the summer most of what was already designed for Beyond Light. They couldn't go back and redo it all. Why? I guarantee you it works like this in some respect. The team that worked on the weapons for Beyond Light were either in the middle of or finishing up those weapons so they could be debugged and tested and started to be placed into testing environments with respect to drop rate, how the guns handle, etc. And then that team moves on to a different group of weapons. They, they move on. They don't just sit there and go, well, we're done. Yay. Nothing to do right now. Oh, we want to go back and make those weapons better? No. They shuffle on to the next. And they start making weapons for season 14, 15, and so forth. So you can't like eh, press pause on all those timings there. All of our project management has to be thrown into upheaval. You guys have got to come back here, make these weapons better than they currently are because we're instituting sunsetting. Oh, you were talking to somebody in chat. I agree with you, by the way. Oh, I see what you're trying to state. Is like it was literally, yeah, it was it was literally in the middle of the Beyond Light dev cycle that they shoved out sunsetting. To expect the design team to go back and rework all those weapons and press pause on whatever it is they're working on? No. Those guns were either not done or close to being done or done. At any step of that design framework, maybe they're almost done. Maybe they are done. Maybe they've moved on. Whether it's one of those three, they can't redo it all and be like, well, let's go back to the drawing board and come up with new perks, new power, new awesomeness because of sunsetting. It's like, no, that ship has sailed. Move on to your next project. And keep in mind, when you start making weapons for dungeons and raids, you need to swing a little harder now because we're in a sunsetting environment. You are free to do that. If you've never seen a development cycle before, especially AAA games, it's insanely lengthy, tedious, and very hard. Yeah, you can't just rip people off and throw them back and be like, hey, you gotta fix this. Um, honestly, Mountaintop should be its own frame so we can get more available versions, like maybe calling it a velocity frame since grenade launchers are supposed to be powerful. Yeah. We're not talking about redoing all the weapons, just one or two. But you okay, so Mr. Lobster, you have to understand something that happens. I don't work at Bungie, but this is essentially how it works. You're going to rip a handful of people or that team off of what they're currently currently working on and say you got to go back and revisit some of these weapons. 
Now you have slowed down the bandwidth and development of the weapons they were working on, and you're disrupting the testing team. Because the quality team and the testing team are going to have to take all those new versions of the weapons. They also are going to have to press pause on whatever they're working on and retest all those weapons. You're disrupting like... 18 different pipelines of efficiency to be like, well, we want you to go back and make those weapons stronger. Deepstone Crypt loot was 100% developed with sunsetting in mind. I 100% disagree with you because they're already indicating that those perks are going to end up on other weapons. That doesn't... No. I, I don't... I don't... I don't... I don't think so. I don't think that they did. They're too... They're too... They're... I, I just... I think they're, they're too safe. And the fact that Blackburn says they're going to put those perks on other weapons, then they've completely deviated from what they originally said this was meant to do. Sunsetting was meant to give them the opportunity to create truly standout loot that's not a threat to future stuff because it gets sunset. How, how strong are those perks if they're going to start putting them on other weapons? That that nullifies sunsetting. It doesn't nullify sunsetting. It nullifies one of the purposes of sunsetting. So, uh, temper on the topic of grand masters, would you be opposed to the idea of less strikes, more dungeons where maybe there were seven to nine dungeons and strikes got the boot targeted loot GMs could be contest mode. This, this is never, I don't think the right answer. Um, this is never the right answer because you're, you can't just yank one system out and add another especially meat and potatoes content like strikes you have to let these systems coexist pieces you have to let these pieces of content coexist they literally admitted that the hunt was made under the old seasonal content framework which they said would change at the start of arrivals um you mean chosen this taken into account paints the picture Right, they they basically, they, yeah, they, exactly. They said Season of the Hunt was literally built with the old framework in mind. Think about that for a second. Luke Smith announced early last year that they would remove FOMO in year four and allow seasons to persist beyond their, their three months. And they're saying Season of the Hunt was built under the old framework. That means... Roughly a year ago, they were already building the structure and laying the groundwork for Season of the Hunt. That was announced in May 2020. No, 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 no. Luke Smith did a director's cut before that saying they were removing FOMO in year four. So they were already looking at changing the, the, you know, the, the, the structure of FOMO in year four. And more than likely, that's what they were looking at. They were looking at the fact that the stuff disappears after three months. Sunsetting was a thing at this time last year. No way loot was developed before then. I don't know, man. I don't know. A lot of stuff gets developed and shelved, I think, early on. There's just no way to know. I don't know. If they developed these raid weapons with sunsetting in mind, they missed the mark. Right? They missed the mark. I don't think that they were. Um, and to back to Temper's question here, you never you never want to rob Peter to pay Paul. Bungie does this too often. They take out something to give something to something else, and it's just like you're you're literally robbing Peter to pay Paul. It doesn't work. It's like if you know if my if my kiddos are trying to get their money gathered up because they're wanting to go buy some toys at the store. 
and I'm like, oh, your brother needs more money, and I take $5 from my daughter, and I give it to him, I haven't achieved anything. Oh, you have $25, and he has $20. Okay, let me take 5 from you and give 5 to him. Oh, wait, the problem hasn't gone away. The, he has 25 and you have 20 It doesn't work. Oh, well, take 250 from her and give 250 to him, and then they both have twenty two fifty. You're, you're still doing the same thing. You're still lowering what she has to give him more. You're robbing one to pay the other. That's not how you do it. You can't just yank strikes out and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to do dungeons instead. I, I don't think that that works. Sometimes it's as simple as them missing. They missed. It's entirely possible that they missed. I happen to think if Season of the Hunt was designed with the old framework in mind, it's very possible that so was the Deepstone Crypt. In fact, I think the script changes that they made, they moved the questing script to the physics script. I think that change came in and made the um, the Deepstone Crypt enemies run like garbage. Why? I think that the Deepstone Crypt raid was built and was too far along in the development to suddenly build it on the old script, the, the new scripting system. Once it, once they decided to move those things around, the Deepstone Crypt enemies behave like absolute morons. Why? I believe it was developed before they made those scripting changes. This was why the prophecy dungeon had to be ripped out because it wasn't going to function right. And so I think similar things have happened in the Deepstone Crypt raid. It was, it's still. like they just sit there they walk out and stand around they don't they don't path fine they don't do anything they don't even aggro properly it's really really whack the last director's cut was mid-february now in that director's cut in february does luke smith make mention of the fact that they're going to allow seasonal content to persist beyond the season if he makes mention of that there that means season of the hunt was already in development back then again parallel development man they're they're placing simultaneous bets as they called it they're placing simultaneous bets and that means that sometimes you're going to have stuff like that happen february 26 is not mid-feb sorry okay february 26 is not mid-feb it was it was it was in february of last year why was the old framework so bad? It shifted in worthy. Did they really think it was better than Dawn Opulence? And now they know. Now they have to change the framework. They make some horrible decisions. You understand the framework is benefiting you as a player, right? And when this season ends, they're not getting rid of activities or guns like they did in year three. That's the framework that they've changed. That benefits you as a player. How is that a bad decision? They're getting rid of FOMO, fear of missing out. Oh no, I better play and get all the guns because the activity and guns are literally disappearing. They say they want to limit FOMO, not that it will be around all year directly. He announces sunsetting, which means it was already instituted internally. No, it doesn't. He doesn't announce the details. He doesn't talk about the the specifics of how it's going to work. He doesn't talk about the window, how it's going to work. He doesn't talk about reissuing. It obviously it's happening if he announces it, but he, they don't know it's not been instituted. Whoever was building Beyond Light or the Deepstone Crypt, they might not have known that they were suddenly getting a green light to go crazy. They just know, oh, loot retirement's coming. Okay, cool. Well, they don't. That doesn't mean that they can suddenly go nuts. 
Because we aren't spending our development resources and time as well as we could, we're talking about moving away from creating season-bespoke private activities and instead using that time and effort to build themes that aren't just represented by a marquee event that will fade away, but rather to inject these seasonal themes into more of the game. Like we continue to evolve the world's narrative, we could invest more into the evolving world of our public spaces and take further efforts to evolve D2's core activities. Sunsetting was not mentioned. I think he talked about loot retirement in that director's cut in February. He mentions it like that they're looking into it, not that like he doesn't give any specifics. He can start announcing months before they start working on the changes. Right. I don't think anyone is FOMOing Season of the Hunt. Well, you might FOMO on the weapons, homie. Some of the weapons can get pretty good rolls. There's a grenade launcher they get, get they can get chain reaction. There's a new wave frame grenade launcher. So He could be casting a vision with the director's cut. That doesn't mean that the team that was working on the Deepstone Crypt loot suddenly knew they had the green light to go crazy because, oh, here comes sunsetting. That, to me, is not a given. Oh, he mentioned in a director's cut in February, therefore, the entire development cycle of the weapons in Deepstone Crypt was fully informed by the philosophy of sunsetting and how it was supposed to work, and that means that... Uh... We're 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 gonna we're we're gonna be able to go really really crazy. Um, do we have a launch date yet for Hellblade Two? I just saw a tweet about it, and I was like, oh my gosh, Hellblade Two! Can we please get a launch date? Um, so I mean, you're free you're free to theorize that. I don't see enough evidence to think that he announces that in the director's cut, and then the Deepstone Crypt team is like, well, we can now go nuts with these weapons. I just I just don't think so. Uh, Anna Ray. Do you think Grandmaster reward structure should match its design? Super difficult that you only want to do it once, or should Grandmasters be completely restructured to be something that's fun to farm? Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I liked what somebody said earlier. You, your first three runs, it should be a guaranteed drop. I like that, you know, one per character or something like that, or, you know, make it account based. Um, I, I, I think that's with, at least within the spirit of putting it down after getting your completions instead of grinding it all week. But I still don't know if I like them as a, from a design perspective with everything going on. It'll probably get pushed to 2022. Yeah, probably. Uh, Jay Golden says, changes like this also mean legendary weapons that would be shelved could be reissued at a future date, or could be brought back in fun ways by involving our community. The more specific nitty gritty of this will come a little bit further down the road, but we wanted to get some thinking behind it, uh, to you sooner rather than later. The simplest version of how it's going to work. Legendary weapons will have fixed values for how high they can be infused. Those values will project the weapon, the weapon's viable in uh, in endgame lifespan and we think that lifespan will be somewhere between 9 and 15 months so he says that in February but again he doesn't go into the specifics does he talk about how they're going to do that to create truly standout loot in the endgame or does he just say they're looking at endgame viability life cycles and if they you know if and when not if and when but when it's instituted it'll have a fixed infusion rate between 9 to 15 months so I don't know. I it, it it the 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 timing the timing of when he said what is kind of irrelevant for one simple reason. 
just because he puts it in director's cut does not mean all the teams have been informed about the philosophy and the vision behind it he could have very easily started fleshing it out with the teams and they start talking about how well, we can build stronger weapons now for endgame content because if you're going to sunset it 12 months later we're in a safer position and when they came to those realizations those realizations could have been arrived at after most of the deep zone crypt weapon pool was developed that like I'm just saying I believe that there is a potential reality that exists where they designed those deep stone crypt weapons under the old system they're not a threat to any future content they don't technically need to be sunset and Joe Blackburn indicated that the perks are going to roll out on other weapons so none of that lines up with the philosophy that Luke Smith outlined when he talked about sunsetting in detail and how they wanted to give us better endgame weapons and then when the raid guy said they want to give us more recluses like what they did in the deep zone crypt doesn't line up with that so that's why I I think fairly logically deduced they were designed before that philosophy and vision and, and, and system was was put into place I don't think they developed the raid weapons after the summer. They were developed before that. So. Um, Shinto Pig says, Bungie recently phased out unique weapons from Nightfall Strikes, Mindbenders, Ambition, Horrors Least, ETC. Do you see reintroduction of these sorts of unique random roles in addition to Adept Weapons? Um, oh, wow. You you like actually got your, your questions out of the frame. Um, as a workable solution to the lack of loot spectrum in Nightfalls. No, I don't see them doing this. I, I, I think they're moving away from that. Nightfall specific rewards when they were first instituted, they were static roles. So like, I, I, I just, are we getting another vid doc anytime soon? We might get something tomorrow, like an hour before reset, but I don't think anything's happening today. We're, you know, we're 47 minutes past reset. So that window, that ship's kind of sailed. They usually do it around reset or earlier. Um, so I believe the first taste of Sunset World Endgame weapons is going to be Vogue. They might have brought it just to show what they can do. Right, the fact that there's going to be a kinetic weapon with Firefly on it. Like, I mean, they, that, that's, that was basically announced by Joe Blackburn. So very very possible as far as loot specific and nightfalls i think they've moved away from that should uh question from joseph should each game mode have at least one adept weapon such as dungeons rewarding them based on number of deaths or time to complete raid hard mode reward flawless trials should each game mode have at least one adept weapon i i said this a while ago and I think it lines up with my commentary on depth. I think anytime they add a weapon to the game, there should be an adept version. I don't know why you wouldn't. Even if we get what we wanted, like what Paul's uh, gaming and some other people put in chat earlier, give us a separate mod slot for the adept mods so that you know you can use them in tandem with the uh, you can use them in tandem with the existing mods that you like. I actually think even if they did that, you could still literally every time you make a weapon, make an adept version and then create ways to chase those adept versions. And the reason that I think this would pair really well with the depth commentary that I have is if you're going to make harder versions of content 
and you're and you're gonna go for those versions you know then that's that's a that's an incentive right um so anytime you add weapons to the strike playlists adepts could be up in the nightfalls and then your drop rates get better the higher up you go right uh you do the same thing with trials you add trials weapons and then you do adepts personally uh, you could do this with Iron Banner. You could probably do it with Crucible. I'm not sure how you would do it with Crucible, though. Um, because I don't know where you would go to get the Adepts. Same thing with with uh, with Gambit. Um, maybe you earn a certain rank with the NPC and you unlock the Adepts, and then you can kind of chase them. I, I, I don't know. Um, what would you want an Adept version? The base versions are pointless as it is. I don't understand the question. Um the you would get more capital out of every gun created every is your discord private no anybody can go into general chat or our lfg the the point is is that if you're gonna make a gun why not make an adept version right why make an adept version of a crap weapon why make crap weapons kane why make crap weapons if if they're trying to increase bandwidth so that they can add more loot to the game so let's let's imagine we get the witch queen and instead of roughly 30 weapons we get 50 i don't want any of those to be crap don't just pad the numbers with junk you know now clearly yes there should be a qualitative difference between an adept raid weapon and an adept strike weapon or an adept weapon that comes from the seasonal event this battlegrounds event Let's say you make it so brutal and so hard on yourself with that proving hammer that you can get adept versions of the weapons. You still need a hierarchy within the game, but why not do that? There needs to be a balance between quantity and quality. They don't they did this in the Taken King. Everybody talked about all oh, the Taken King we got vendor refreshes and 80% of those weapons were trash that no one touched. They weren't interested in any of them. If you went to 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 New Monarchy, you know what I'm talking about. In Destiny 1, New Monarchy's weapon pool was bad. No one cared about any of the loot in there. They didn't give a crap. They, they didn't. Nobody cared. It, it, wow. Six weapons that everyone virtually ignores, like unanimously ignores. Maybe people use them because of how cool they looked, but they weren't good versions. Adept versions of rubbish weapons would be a pointless grind. I know you've, you've already said that, Kane. I don't think they should be adding rubbish weapons. There should be mediocre, good, better god, like adept. Like, there's a spectrum. No one should be running the Battlegrounds activity, Crucible, Gambit, or Strikes, and getting junk. Why? Why are you giving them junk? If Think about it like this. They said that they're going to add more than 25 weapons in Season of the Chosen. Let's imagine that that number is like 28. If 28 weapons are being added, if a single one of them is considered like rubbish or garbage, why did you even waste time making that? You have limited bandwidth, you're adding less than 30 weapons, and you're you're wasting time adding crap? No. Anytime they reissue or add weapons to Destiny, they should be worth using to some degree. Think about casuals and mid lane players that would just be excited to get a base version of a new weapon with reasonable perks, and they're happy. 
they're not you and me they're not going for the god roll barrel reload you know elemental whatever version with adept perks or adept whatever they're not going for that and that's fine think of look at it from another perspective as a, as a, as a more committed player they've suddenly created more loot for you to be concerned with you've got more loot to be concerned with because you, you you don't look at loot and say well that's trash you're like well no if i if i go down in there into battlegrounds and i up the difficulty and i get adept versions of those weapons that's worth my time that's worth my time now, is there going to be a, a, a giant difference between the adept versions of the gun, or, or, or are you really going to feel like, oh my gosh, this is an amazing, insanely busted weapon down here in Battlegrounds or the Strike Playlist or whatever? I mean, maybe not, but I don't know. To me, you get a whole lot more capital out of every weapon that you've added to the game if you, if you do adept versions and you line that up with difficulty spectrum. I, I don't know. I, that's, that just feels like a massive amount of capital to me and replay value. Ashen Hollow. Does Destiny have enough loot to be generous? Last year they could because of seasons going away after three months, but uh, if they were generous now, I feel it would further highlight how shallow the loot pursuit is in this game. This is certainly a good point, but at the same time, I'm going to fall back on generosity is not the enemy of engagement it's the promoter of it and people stop playing no matter what so it's better for people to play and feel satisfied with getting what they were looking for and being res- and having their time respected and having intentionality and generosity treat them well it's better for somebody to disengage with the season because of that than disengage with the season because it's stingy and stupid in a sunsetting world you can't be stingy you can't if it takes me three or four months to get the version of the weapon that I'm looking for, that, that, that doesn't work in a sunset, you know, or, or world. Your stream title and what you're saying are contradicting. You aren't chasing adept weapons, but you want them to be associated with difficulty. I just want to hear your thought process. Well, you weren't here when I did my video. I outlined the reason I won't be chasing the adept weapons. Number one, they're not worth it. Number two, grandmasters are designed terribly. Number three, the loot philosophy of, of, of how you're going to get adepts is awful. A chance if I get the best score? No, thank you. There's also three weapons, so it's we don't even know if it's a one in three chance on top of the fact that it's not a guaranteed drop. There's like, there's like layers of reasons why I wouldn't chase those adept weapons. There's layers, right? So my my argumentation right now is under the idea that they would make adept weapons better. I said it pretty quickly, but I said if we did that thing that Paul's Gaming suggested and you made adept weapons better in quality and started putting them in more places as in, hey, you can make battlegrounds really tough. Here's, here's a pinnacle. Just want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I can't nuance it every time, but I'm pretty hard on Grandmaster Nightfalls and think they need to be completely overhauled and redesigned. I think they're terrible. I think it's incredibly lazy. A couple of them are tolerable. Most of them are not because they get lucky. Some of them are only tolerable out of sheer luck. There's no thought behind how they're designed. I know he says that better stuff in Endgame. I think it was in a different post, maybe a TWAB. 
Um, he does mention aspiration in general. Aspiration isn't something reserved for the elite or the engaged. It's for everyone. Although when I listen to players express the feeling of there's so much to do and none of it matters, I feel that pain. It's This is Luke Smith talking here, right? It's about the potential of a game to be more than something that just fills your time. It's about having goals and working towards something that matters to you. I'm not so naive as to think that we can make something that matters to everyone. We all have different values, goals, and time. But I do think Destiny 2 can do a better job of enabling players to set short, medium, and long-term goals to work toward. As a player, aspiration is something... I feel strongly about. It's the difference between a game I fall in love with and a game I consume like junk food. Right. Right. And they're supposed to be refueling aspiration in year four. That's one of their goals. And I think that's why they did the high stat armor. Um, and, the, you know, they've, they've done some other things like that where they uh, they are setting up things for you to chase that are more aspirational. So, and, you know, no long-term goals anymore. Well, the challenges may bring that, but they would need to have rewards associated with them. This is one of the reasons why I think a lot of what he talked about, you know, short, mid, and long-term goals could be uh, executed at the NPC level. The more you invest in them, the more you get, the more you set your sights on, the better you feel rewarded for your time. And there's short and mid and long-term versions of that. Amu Point says, the DCEU let go of Jeff Jones and Schneider due to poor reception and and success of the DC Universe only after making it embarrassing as now. Is it too late to hold Luke Smith accountable or is there still hope? This idea that you can be dissatisfied with a product and jump to that sort of decision making, I just don't think it's as one-to-one there. I really, really don't you know, the, the the lack of success of those movies, you know, or how they were poorly received or whatever, resulting in those guys being, you know, let go and bumped. I, I think that's different because movies are there. It's going to feel weird for me to say this, but hang with me. Movies are episodic. Okay. So you messed up this episode. We want somebody else to take care of the next episode. This is an evolving live service game that's continuing on and you you can't just be like, well, we we had a rough expansion. It was received poorly. Blip, get Luke Smith out of here. You're talking about creating massive upheaval. It's not get a different director for the next project. You're saying get a different director for this ongoing game and everything we've been working on with respect to unifying the vision, having project lead buy-in, getting teams to understand what they're supposed to be doing with the trajectory of the game and their respective departments. Like, just throw all that into upheaval because we had a bad expansion. You also have to know, I think they anticipated Witch Queen being a rough go because of all the things they had to do. They essentially had to rebuild the game. They were shifting scripting around. They were removing content from the game. They were sunsetting. They were making, like, they had stacked up the painful decisions and they made them all at the same time. So, I don't think this analogy holds weight. I don't think it gets traction because I think it's way too easy to say, oh yeah, well, that movie was bad. Let's have somebody else handle the next movie. That's not quite the same as the way that this game moves and is developed and, and expands and grows. So, um, he means Beyond Light, not Witch Queen. Oh, did I say Witch Queen? Yeah, I'm sorry. I think they knew Beyond Light was going to be poorly received. 
given all they had to do. So, uh, Vexler, you've been advocating for weapons 2.0 since Armor 2.0, I have. Uh, with Bungie still adding new systems to weapons, Adepts, Adept mods, do you think that they are even close to a weapon update that brings all weapons in D2 into a similar fold in regards to mods, customization, upgrading similar to armor? So you think they're close to a weapons update to bring... I, I don't know, Vexler. I don't. I, I think it's needed. I think it won't happen in the season, but I would love... I would absolutely love for the we- a weapons 2.0 system to land with Witch Queen. I think it would really set us on a good trajectory. So, Noble says, Do you think that Bungie only created Adepts to throw the hardcore a bone? It seems to me like it's just meant to be a badge slash trophy, which would explain the underwhelming presentation. I-, I don't think this is a good answer. This could be an answer, but it doesn't mean they can stay where they are. If this is the answer, then that certainly means they need to do more. Uh, Oki said, Is there something special about Nightfalls that they're the ones getting adept weapons in the first place? Why not reverse it and put reissues in Nightfalls and adepts in raids and dungeons? Um, I think, I don't know. I have a weird feeling that like they're going to do something with the raids and launch hard modes. I think there's a reason they allowed Garden and Last Wish to, to persist. Um, I think they have long, long-term goals planned for them. Um, so, uh, they could potentially be doing that later, you know, adept versions of those guns start dropping, you know, something like that. They, they, we don't, yeah, especially with VOG coming back, it's like, I, I kind of feel like you've got to do something with hard modes, right? You know, they, 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 they VOG's going to feel really weird without a hard mode. Shock Doctor, off topic, I've completely changed my thoughts on Power Creep since jumping back into Warframe last week. They added a hard mode across the entire game, and it's really fun. Could Bungie implement this, remove the worry of Power Creep, and give us game-changing perks again? No, because the answer to Power Creep is not just to bludgeon the player. Like that That's because now what you're doing is, is creating a seesaw Power Creep effect. Oh man, we gave you really strong weapons, and then switch the seesaw, so like, oh here, wham, we've got insanely difficult content for you to take those guns into. Um, they'd have to be, it would have to be power creep only in PvE, because that would be a threat to the PvP balance, and even if they were you know, able to pull that off, and institute intentional power creep in PvE, it's not really power creep if they're constantly buffing the enemies or creating hard modes to invalidate the power creep. It, it, it You're not actually achieving anything. Right? You're always, in, in, in that regard, all you're doing is, it's just reactionary. Well, we made really strong weapons, better make a hard mode, better make harder content, better make a reckoning environment. That's what the reckoning was. The reckoning was content built around how strong we were. You know, it just it just didn't it just didn't go over well right now. You know, something's happening. New teasers on Destiny Twitter. It's probably just about tomorrow. So we're gonna keep the conversation going. We're gonna keep talking about this. But I'm gonna end the Q and A session. I'm gonna end the recording. So if you're listening to the recording elsewhere, you can always catch us live at sntrlive.com. Uh, and as, as well in the audience, don't go anywhere. We got more to talk about, more to discuss. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.